Welcome to another message from Bridge Assembly, located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information on Bridge, go to our website at bridgehelena.com. It is our prayer that this message will help you to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. Heavenly Father, we so deeply desire the peace that only you can bring into our lives. And because of Jesus, because of the cross, because of the new covenant, because of the Holy Spirit, Lord God, I believe that you want to impart that peace into our life. So in, within myself, I have to ask the question, Lord, why, why don't I feel your peace all the time if you are extending it and expressing it to me? What's the problem? Lord, it's not you. It's me. It's each one of us. The cares of the world, our distractions, uh, how we view ourselves, the injuries that others inflict upon us. Lord God, all of those things get in between me and you. And Lord God, I don't want anything between me and you. So give us strength. Give us wisdom. Lord God, we're calling on your ability to help us clear that path, to, to lay down those things that are obstructing our relationship with you. So this morning, Lord Jesus, as we come together and we worship you, we, we exalt your powerful and your holy name. Lord God, we, we come to the end of ourself and we say, Jesus, it's it's no more that I can do. I, I need you. I want you. I have to have you. Lord God, give us that kind of craving within our faith. Jesus, you are to be lifted up. And not just right now. Not at, not at church during a worship service. Lord God, in our everyday, in the hardest times of our life, your name is to be lifted up. In the greatest, most wonderful times in our life, your name is to be lifted up. And everything that comes in between that, Lord God, we need to be lifting up your name. Lord, help us to do that. Because most of us aren't that great at it. But Lord God, with the Holy Spirit and your love for us, I believe that we can be. We can be that church that lifts your name high, that calls upon you, that has a faith that brings an expectancy to see miracles happen, to see people get spiritually healed, emotionally healed, physically healed. Lord God, help us to become that. Lord God, I lift up everybody today that's dealing with the illness, the sickness that's going around. Lord God, it's just distracting and it's just it's just yucky. So Lord God, I pray for anybody who's dealing with that to have a, your healing touch upon their life. But I also pray for, for those that are dealing with, with larger medical issues. And Lord God, all the young people, it seems like there's so many young people that are they're having some major things. And I, I understand we live in a sinful world, but 
but I just wonder what opportunities you're placing in front of us to fervently pray and, and to watch your touch upon that life. Lord, we lift up Zeke right now. Lord God, he needs a new heart. And we know that you can give new hearts. So Lord God, with faith, we are together here praying in unison and asking, Lord God, fix that situation. However you see fit, fix that situation. And the others, cancers and, and seizures and, and all those things, infections that it seems like young people are inundated with, Lord God, show your glory and bring an entire new generation to an understanding of the grace and the power that you hold. Today for us, Lord God, help us to, again, speak words that are glorifying to you, to open ourselves up to you and allow you in. Jesus, it's all about you, and we pray this in your wonderful, glorious, mighty name. And everyone shout it out this morning. Amen. You guys can be seated. How's everybody doing this morning? You guys doing good? I'm going to dismiss the kids right off the bat here. Kids, you guys can quietly, slowly walk downstairs. They can, but they don't have the ability to do so, and we love it. We love the noise of little feet, don't we? All right. Got a couple quick announcements we will run through here real quick. We have some directing going on. Look at all the kids going downstairs. Look at these two that are wondering, do we want to stay here and listen to Pastor Jason or do we want to go? You guys want to go down, I'm sure of it. No, they're waiting for Aunt Debbie. Of course they are. It's rounding them up. Yes, it's like herding cats, but it's much more difficult, and that's okay. All right, a few quick announcements. Today is what Sunday? It's the last Sunday, so we're going to have our last Sunday's potluck, of course, today. You guys are all invited. If you're visiting or you didn't quite know what the whole last Sunday's thing is, just stay, come down. Have a meal with us. There's always plenty of good food. Um, it'll be awesome. And you can also see our new, newly completed kitchen. Um, that's always exciting. So please stay. Um, if you're on the, the line there, should I stay or should I go? Just stay, for goodness sakes. And then after the potluck is our annual business meeting that we do in February. The last Sunday in February we do this. We kind of get that over with. Um, but if you're a member, you need to stay for it. And if you're not a member, you can still stay for it too, right? How many of you guys are going, well, I'm not a member, but I think I really want to stay for the business meeting. There's so many other things I could be doing, but it's the business meeting, for goodness sakes. They're not bad. John McDougall is like, I love our business meetings. They're encouraging. So if you want to stay and you're not a member, definitely stay. You just can't vote. If you're not a member and you want to become a member, talk to me about that. It's an easy process. Um, not bad at all. You just have to bring three chickens 
and a bag of money and we can get you started here as a member. That's probably not even funny to say in some, some circles. But in our church, we can joke about that. No, it's really easy. You just take Church 101, we talk about it, and then um, you fill out an application and it's really that, that easy. Um, Zeke, I, I alluded to Zeke um, while I was praying. Um, I haven't got an update today, but it's just he's in that phase. He's in that process where there's some, some numbers that are looking more positive, but he's still, there's just a long, long road ahead of him and the family. So if you would like to continue to give, um, let's do that. Let's support Zeke and this family. And, and really, they're needing to raise money for the future heart transplant, the travel, the, just all of that stuff. Um, John Rabine, on our, on our online giving on the app or, or wherever you want to get to, on the pull-down menu, there is actually, Zeke is in there. So you don't have to write in there um, Zeke or anything. You can just pull it down and say, hey, I want this much to, to go there. But let's, uh, let's continue to support this family absolutely 100% in prayer. The whole family needs prayer. I asked Alvin, hey, how you doing? He said, it's, it's just hard being here, right? It's just... You know your 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 son's in there, but but it's the days get long in the in the hospital, and and uh, they just need a lot of prayer. It's all of them, the, the medical staff, the doctors, the decisions. So please continue to pray for that. Right now, media is still up and running, so get on that. I uh, I was playing around with that this week. It, there is so much stuff on there. If you guys have been on it, you know what I'm talking about. You can break it down. You can search for... Um, there's whole Bible studies on books of the Bible. There's topical things. There's kids' things. There's how to make videos things. I mean, there's so much on there. All different author, authors and... What do they call those content people? I don't even know what they... They call them, but get on that, and if you can't get on it, see Bruce, and he'll get you the codes and, and get you the email, and it's real easy to start up. Um, here's a question for you guys. Last year, we did a Good Friday service. It was Friday evening. Anybody up for another Good Friday service? I think we're going to plan a Good Friday service. Um, it'll be shorter, obviously, and we'll <clears throat> really focus on on what Good Friday is about. And then, uh, because Easter is the last Sunday of, of, of the month, um, we're thinking about doing, instead of the potluck after service, to do a brunch before service. What do you think? Anybody like brunch? I like brunch. So we'd probably do it at 8 o'clock. We'll have more information on that, but I think that would, that would be great. All right, giving. Four ways to give, obviously, like always, you can give online, and again, Zeke has his own little spot on there, you can text it. Um, giving boxes, when we use the envelopes, we can designate, always great to designate, or you can mail it to 725 Granite Avenue, Helena, Montana, 59601. All right, like I said, the kitchen, um, the kitchen is done, so... Take a gander, but if there's people working in it today, don't just like crowd on back there. But we want to thank everybody that participated in that and helped with that. We had, yes. Um, where's Ron? Where is Ron? Ron's in the back. 
um, I don't know, most of you guys don't know how much Ron actually did. It was ridiculous, and, and uh, I like to think he enjoyed most of it. Um, but Ron did an amazing job, and we'll probably, we might talk about it a little more in the um, business meeting, but because of how Ron um, did this, and some of his old connections, and some of it was just the right timing of the year where there was stuff on sale, we, we saved so much money. Um, so we have a very, very high-end expensive kitchen that we didn't necessarily spend all that money on, and, and a lot of that is thanks to Ron and his uh, researching, and then a lot of the labor that was volunteered. There's a lot of you guys in here that came from the tear-out to the um, installation of different things to the cleaning. The ladies came in and cleaned and sorted and everything, but, but it's been great, and we're, we're proud of that. Um, it's just one more thing that, that helps us to minister better, right? That's why we do things like that. It's not for status, because we don't want to ever fall into that, that category of church, but it's so that we can, we can invite people in, and we, can, we hosted Chi Alpha. Um, they were here yesterday and were able to use it, and we love being able to do that for ministries like that. So thank you guys for your help, your giving, all of those great things. All right, Andy. Andy asked me if he could have a couple words this morning. Hey, Andy, I didn't grab the mic, but it's right there. You just come on. You want to come on up here? Is it up? Oh, wrong button. Oh, now it's on. I think. Hello. Whoa. Sorry. Good morning, church. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Uh, this last Tuesday, me and I, my wife, celebrated 25 years of marriage. <laughs> Praise God. I know some of you are thinking, how did she put up with me that long? And you'd be right. I'll get back to that. Uh, a few years ago, I was reading something online about a certain Hollywood couple, won't mention names that decided to get divorced after 10 years. They also had a couple of kids. Their reasoning for getting divorced was that they thought that 10 years was good enough and they tried their best, but it was time to move on. They made their marriage out to sound like a lease agreement or contract. I thought, how sad and tragic that is. But unfortunately, this is the time and the culture we live in. Statistics say almost 50% of marriages end in divorce, but the Lord never meant it for that to be that way. The Lord meant for marriages to be a sacred, holy, lifetime union and to be treated with utmost respect and dignity. This brings me back to my marriage to Jamie. We were almost a statistic too. The truth is, I wasn't the best husband or father for that matter early in our marriage and for a good part thereafter. Jamie could have, and I wouldn't have blamed her, left me and moved on. But with the Lord's grace, mercy, healing, him setting me free, and Jamie sticking by me. We have beaten the odds. Praise God. I think the key to a good and lasting marriage is to have the Lord first and foremost in it, and to be, and to be as forgiving as the Lord forgave each one of us. Through his grace, love, forgiveness, and mercy, he is the perfect example 
how we should treat everyone and especially our spouses. I'd like to end with some scripture in Proverbs about wives. It really spoke to me and captures and exemplifies what a true Christian wife is, and especially my wife, Jamie. You can find it in Proverbs 31, uh, verses 10 through 31. This is from the NIV. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is, far worth, or she is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides for food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hands, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her, also, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Jamie, you are the bravest, strongest, toughest, most loving and generous woman I know. You're a great wife, mom, daughter, sister, and friend. And to quote the movies Die Hard and Jerry Maguire, you are the best thing that ever happened to a bum like me, and you complete me. Lost my spot here. I love you so much, and I'm proud and honored to be your husband. I give thanks and praise to the Lord every day he brought you into my life, and I'm in awe and amazed how he has always taken care and provided for us and our family. I'm excited for what the next 25 years hold for us. Praise be to him. Love you, babe. That was awesome, Andy. And that wasn't even four minutes, I don't think. He said it's only like four minutes. That's good. All right, you guys ready to roll here? You guys ready to roll so we can get to the food? Now we got a lot before we get to the food. Let's pray before we get this message started. Father, we love it when we can come together in your name, Father God. And we can convene with each other. And we can love on each other. But most of all, we're here as your body, Jesus. And we're here to, to gain whatever you have for us. So, so today, help us to open up our ears. Let us engage our brains. Lord God, help us to not run from conviction or a challenge or anything like that, but to seek you, Holy Spirit, 
and to listen and to hear what you have for each one of us because, Lord, I believe you have something special for each person that is sitting in here today or listening online. Holy Spirit, allow me to speak only those things which you would have me to speak. Shut my mouth with everything else. And like I always pray every week and believe that you answer this prayer. Let no one leave today the same way that they came in. Let them have an interaction, be it brief or be it massively intense. Let there be an interaction with you, Holy Spirit, today. Jesus, we're here for you. And that's the only reason we pray this in your name. Once again, everyone shout it out. Amen. Well, if you guys were here last week, most of you guys were here last week, you know that we had a great service, which included baptisms at the, at the end, didn't we? Wasn't that fun? That's, man, it was like Amy, Amy summed it up. She's like, oh my goodness, people got out of their seats. Sitting in your seat to watch the baptism wasn't enough for you guys. And so the, the, the side aisles, they were crowded and people were cheering on and, and uh, that's the way baptism should be, shouldn't it? It's a celebration. And as exciting as a service that that was, see, that kind of service needs to become a more frequent part of church here at Bridge. So we can roll that baptism out whenever we need to. We can fill it. Um, we can have baptisms as often as we need to. We can have prayer time as often as we need to. We can invite people to church as often as we are led to, right? That's the kind of a live church that we need to be. God wants to move, right? How many of you believe that God wants to move? In this community, in this current time that we're living in, how many of you guys truly believe that God wants to move? Here's the thing. We just need to move with Him. Right? God's going to move regardless. We need to move with Him. I don't want to be the person that misses what God is doing in my life, in the life of you guys, and in this church's life. Well, for this morning, let's just jump. We're going to jump right into Scripture. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, in your Bibles, please turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's look and see what it says. We're going to be in verses 7 through 10. It says this is Paul speaking, right? He, Paul's conveying this message. He's informing us. So let's see what he has for us this morning. Paul says this, So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardship, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And everyone shouted out, Amen. amen. You're saying amen to that? All that that Paul just said is available to each one of us. Hardship, persecutions, insults, weaknesses, calamities. 
We've got to be careful what we amen, right? Not really. See, here we see Paul and he's explaining something that he had to deal with. And he does this. He, he writes this all down. He puts it in the letter. He sends the letter so that people can read it. And then it's canonized into the Bible by the Holy Spirit power for us today simply so that it can be an example to each one of us. And he mentions a thorn given to him in the flesh as a way to communicate pain and trouble and suffering and humiliation and, and physical issues. Now, what Paul was specifically referring to is unknown. There's a ton of speculation. Was this actually a, a physical issue? Was it a people group? Was it all sorts of things? But to tell you the truth, we don't know. And I don't think we have to know. Because it keeps, because he keeps the specifics unknown, we, the reader, then can associate with the various problems and troubles that we are going to face in life. So by, by not being specific, Paul is generalizing this concept and this idea that we're going to have hardships in life so that each one of us can comprehend that and understand it better. Has anybody in here, please raise your hand, has anybody in here went through life up until this morning with zero hardships? I'm putting my hand down. It's a part of life, isn't it? We also learn from this passage that Paul views his thorn as a a reminder to stay humble. So in, in one aspect, Paul's viewing this issue as actually a blessing in his life, right? Now, if anyone, anyone have the qualification to think highly of themselves, it was Paul. I'm, I'm talking like all the New Testament characters, probably all the Old Testament characters. If there was one person that could think highly of himself, I'm going to pick Paul on this. And here he is, he's acknowledging the temptation to become spiritually prideful. And that spiritual pride is something that we see wrecking churches and lives and, and relationships today. I have stories of, of interactions with people who became spiritually prideful. They started thinking a lot about themselves. As soon as they did that, they took their eyes off Jesus started looking in the mirror, and things rarely end well with that. And Paul was able to do something that is so important for us also to learn. Look at this. In our weakness, Christ is made strong in our life, in our situation, and in our suffering. We can amen that, and we believe it, but we also have to understand that in our life, we're going to have those troubles. We're going to go through situations and we're going to go through suffering. I wish I could stand up here today and say, hey, if you come to Jesus, your life will be perfect. And that's a false gospel that's been preached through the ages. But that's exactly what it is. It's a false gospel. So we're going to have sufferings. We're going to have hard times but it is Christ who is strong in our life in those times that is so important. So Paul intentionally chooses to boast all the more gladly of his weakness 
so that the power of Christ may, and, and listen to this, it's his words, the power of Christ may rest upon him. How many of you guys want the power of Christ to rest upon you in your life? So where does that lead us to today and, and to this message? It's quite simple. Each one of us in here this morning, we need to ask ourselves the question, enough or too much? Enough or too much? Is Christ and the freedom that He brings into our life enough? Even in your hard times and in your sufferings? Or are you under the burden of too much? I'm sorry to say that some of you in here probably are under the burden of too much. You're at that point. You're at that breaking point. It's as if one more straw came upon the camel's back. You're going to lose it. The legs are going to be out from under you. You're going to be down for the count. The question is, is enough or too much? There's a lot of people. A lot of people. And it's not just people out there. I can look into our community. I can look into society. I can watch the news. And, and I can see how much burdens, how many burdens people are carrying. And that's out there. But it's also in the church. And we are at the breaking point. Far too many people inside the church are at the breaking point. Let's look at Galatians 5.1. It says this, For freedom... Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Now, when we look at the context of this, and we know Paul was writing this to the Galatian church, we kind of have an understanding of what's going on. We, we know that Paul here is speaking of, of the law, right? And the teachings of the Old Covenant. See, there was, there was some... Um, Believing Jews and Jewish people that were, that were going around and, and getting all the, the non-Jewish believers stirred up and saying, hey, you need to have circumcision and you need to do this. And there's, these, there's this law of the old covenant that you, that you have to follow. And that's, that's really specifically what Paul is speaking about here. But for us today, those issues, they aren't usually an issue, are they? How many of you guys struggle with people coming into your life telling you how you need to obey the, the, uh, the law, the, the old covenant law? None of us, right? It's not an issue today. However, we can have plenty of our own issues. Turn to the person beside you and say, you've got plenty of your own issues. Some of you did it. Not all of you. See, before, before we, we uh, come to Christ, really there's this ignorance that causes us to just accept that life is hard. You walk the streets today and if you were just to throw out questions and ask about life and is life hard, everybody's just going to agree with, yeah, it's life is hard and it's, it's generally getting harder every day that we live every year. It gets more and more hard. And then they'll also agree that, that pleasure should be pursued. We ought to go after what makes us happy. Because you only get one shot at this life. What an awful way to think and to live. Isn't it really? Think back. It's an awful way to think. And, and I can say this. 
Because I, as well as each one of you, have lived that way sometime in your life. It was a time before Christ came into your life. It was all about you and and hardness and pain. And you'd complain about everything, but you would chase after lusts and and pleasures. And and Jesus just wasn't even a, a picture in any of your thinking. And it's sad because that is an awful way to think. And it's a tragic way to live. Coming to and living for Christ changes all of that, doesn't it? And you guys know that, and you have a testimony about that. However, and unfortunately, far too many Christians only grasp a a portion of the freedom that Jesus extends to each one of us right now. Flip that. What we need to understand is that a provision of salvation is the opportunity to live in Christ's freedom. That's a great statement, right? A provision of salvation is the freedom that Christ brings. And it's not our freedom, because that was forfeit by Adam and Eve, but it is the freedom that can only come from Christ, the freedom that only He can grant. Now, ironically, to us, that freedom is found only under the Lordship of Jesus Christ in our life. I'm going to try to give you the complete message today. Because far too many churches stop with the salvation part of it. Jesus is your Savior. Come to Jesus. It's going to be awesome. Your life will be changed. I 100% agree with that. Jesus is our Savior. But Jesus has to be both our Savior and our Lord. See, once we start talking about Jesus as Lord and, and Lordship issues, things become a little bit more uncomfortable on a Sunday morning. But we're not afraid of being uncomfortable on a Sunday morning. So Jesus is to have lordship in our life. See, what lordship is, we talk about that and we're like, oh yeah, we're Christians, Jesus is Lord, Lord and Savior, right? But, but we need to understand what lordship actually is. Lordship is the territory. It's the territory under the jurisdiction of the Lord. Now, because of free will, we have the ability to designate the amount of territory we will allow or grant Jesus to have jurisdiction over in our life. Free will is amazing. And free will is awful. All at the same time. Because we have free will, we can spend eternity in hell. We don't have to come to Jesus as Savior. But our free will also allows us to approach a holy God through His Son and the blood of His Son and become reconciled as Jesus becomes our Savior. But it can't end there. Because once He's our Savior, we still have free will and we still have a choice as to how much of our life we're actually going to give to Jesus. Hard, hard stuff here, right? Uncomfortable stuff. Because if we are honest here this morning, that's exactly what we do. Jesus, I give you all of my heart. Do you really? Let's take a look. Let's examine that. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying, right? You do. Well, let's check some stuff out. And he does it in a holy and a loving way and it's amazing and it's full of grace and and mercy. 
But it brings us back to the same question that we've been asking today. Enough or too much? And we can, we can understand. Here's the deal. Each one of you in here, you're smart. Um, you read your Bibles. You pay attention to things. You, you at least made it through the sixth grade and, and things like that. We can understand that Jesus is enough in our theology. Because that is how we think about things. That He is our Savior and that He is even the Lord of our life. We can understand that in theory. And yet in our actual application, our day-to-day application, we in many ways insist on bondage. How crazy is that? We weigh ourselves down with irrelevant cares. Cares of this world. Those things that Christ wants to set us free from. Now please remember this morning I am talking to Christians here today. So I'm very much talking to myself. And we we love to do that. For whatever reason, we love to pick up burdens things that we shouldn't pick up. And we love to load ourselves down with with baggage that we try to carry around and and we have it in our hands. We have that baggage in our hands and and Jesus is saying, lay that down. Give it to me right now. And yet we decide to, to unbuckle that. We decide to put it on. And we're to the point now where well, we don't even hide it behind ourselves. We put it right there in the front. And, and we walk around and, and we show everybody our baggage, right? Because this baggage is, I can still somewhat move. It's a little heavy. It's going gonna, it's gonna to give me lower back pain if I leave this on long enough. But, but we like to carry our baggage in a way where, where we can show it off to people. Hey, Jason, how are you doing today? Oh, well, you know, life is just hard and and I've got all this stuff that I'm dealing with and all that. And then pretty soon nobody's asking Jason how he is today because they don't want to get stuck in that dialogue, right? But we love to do that. And it's not bad. It's it's our accent, right? You know, ooh, look at that. It's red. It goes with the shirt. Did Did I hit the colors right? I hope I did because look at my baggage. Isn't that great? But the problem is, is when we grab this kind of baggage, though it's not very big, we set something in process in our life. Where instead of focusing on Jesus and saying, Jesus, take my baggage, we just kind of hang out and, and we're looking to ourselves. And then pretty soon, pretty soon there's more baggage. More baggage comes into our life. And like the people we are, we... We pick up that more baggage, don't we? And this is heavy baggage. And this is like, oh my gosh, I could drop this baggage right now and be fine, but, but instead, you know what I'm going to do instead of letting Jesus have this baggage? I'm going to put this baggage on. Oh, doesn't... Oh, yeah. Now look at who I am. Now look at the baggage I can brag about. Look at the baggage that I can walk around, oh yeah, times are tough, my car broke down and my dog died and my, my wife ran off and my life is terrible and, and all this stuff and, 
yeah, I know, Jesus, I know you want to take my baggage, but, but it makes me different. It makes me unique because I'm carrying all this baggage. And wait a second, everybody else is carrying their own baggage, aren't they? And then a crazy thing starts to happen. Sometimes other people, sometimes other people actually take their baggage and they want to put it on you. Has anybody experienced that? Yeah, you have. Well, hey, John. What's up, John? What are you? Oh, yeah, thanks. That's, oh, yeah, I guess. Oh, yeah. Oh, thanks, guys. Mackenzie, you're the best. Wait a Oh. Yeah, McKinley. I thought we had an agreement that it wasn't actually going to be heavy baggage. Sounds <laughs> a, a little heavy. But now look at me. Now instead of my little accessory, I am actually weighted down with not only my baggage, but out of the goodness of my heart, I saw somebody in need and I wanted to help them. But instead of helping them, I allowed them to project and put on all their junk. And now, I'm not only dealing with my own stuff, I'm consumed with dealing with their stuff. See, we voluntarily carry so much around. Stuff like unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is baggage that you shouldn't be carrying. Here's a great one for our modern times. Offense. How many of us carry around offense? I'm offended. I'm going to take that from you because that's part of your baggage and that's part of my baggage. And I'm going to strap it to myself. I'm going to carry around that offense. And I might carry that around for years. Unforgiveness, I might carry that around for decades. How about envy? Envy is looking at somebody and, and getting mad at them because maybe they live a life that you want to live or they have a relationship with Jesus that you want to have or any of those things. And envy is a, one more bag of bondage, of weight that we put on. How about self-condemnation? We condemn ourselves, right? That's not of Jesus. Jesus would never condemn us. He died on the cross so that we weren't condemned. And yet, many Christians can look in the mirror and they hate what they see. That's a lot of baggage that you're carrying. Pride. That's what Paul was alluding to, right? Oh, with all the revelation, God, that you have given me with that interaction on the road to Damascus, Jesus, Holy Spirit, with the ongoing relationship that we have. Boy, I could get prideful. So, so the Lord... God allowed a thorn to be put into my life so I wouldn't pick up all the weight of pride. We can talk about other things like lusts and addictions. We look at those that are struggling with addictions and, and sometimes we just dismiss them and sometimes we get angry at them. Sometimes we ignore them. But what we under, have to understand is that, that, that addiction is just so heavy. It's heavy upon them. As, welling, as well as allowing all these nice people today to weight us down with their stuff. 
Now, there's a fine line here. If you're going through something and, and you want counseling or prayer or seeking wisdom in that, that is not dumping your burdens upon me or anyone else. That is saying, help me so that I can get rid of my stuff. Not so you can take it, but so that we can give it to Jesus. So don't think by doing this I'm saying, hey, I'm unavailable. Don't come to me with anything. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is there's a tendency to instead of helping them take their stuff and giving it to Jesus, we take their situation upon ourselves. Taking on their problems. Taking on their issues. Accumulating all this stuff in our life that weighs us down and keeps us from what Jesus wants for us. And that's His freedom. I, I Honestly, I don't feel overly free right now. It's, it's, it's actually heavier than I imagined it would be. Because I thought, let's do light. And then some of the people in here thought, no, we'll have some fun with the pastor today. But it is heavy. And the longer I wear it, the heavier it gets. So look at this. This is not a salvation issue or a grace issue or a works issue. See, this, this right here, this is a lordship issue. Are you the Lord over your life? Or is He the Lord over your life? Turn over to Luke 6. I'll gracefully turn. Luke 6, 46 through 50. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? We could stop right there, right? We could stop right there. Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like the man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Interestingly enough, I am standing on this nice solid stage. It's perfectly flat. It's got carpet. I can, I can somewhat hold this load, this burden, all these extra burdens that I have. But I guarantee if I went out to some of my favorite rivers and, and some of them have a sandy bottom and there's current coming against me, if I wore all of this, all this extra weight in there and the, the water's hitting me, but the ground's not solid. It's sandy. It's, I'm not going to stand up. I'm going to be swept away. I'm going to fall down. And when the cares of life come against you, which they will, if your foundation is not solid, even before you get rid of your problems, those problems are going to be the end of you. But the reality is, is that Jesus, Jesus wants to take our stuff. He wants to take our junk. He wants to take our burdens. He wants to take our worries, our failures, our flaws, and our shortcomings. And here's the beautiful part. He even wants to take the good stuff. He wants to take our tools and our talents and our, our, our unique personality to use for His good. But here's the thing. He's not just going to take them. He allows us to hold 
jurisdiction in our life, even though it can harm us and make life difficult. God will allow that. Jesus will do that. He will allow us to hold jurisdiction that he wants lordship over, but he's not just going to take it, so he allows us to hold that. Now, why would Jesus, who loves us so much, do such an awful thing? Well, it's because he loves us, and he wants to help us get past ourselves and our shortcomings. You know, you just take something from somebody, it's relatively easy for them. But if you make that person help, they have an investment in that, and that's God's wisdom. He wants us to give him that territory in our life. He wants us to offer everything that we have to him. He wants to surrender. He wants us to surrender ourselves and everything we have in order to truly become free in Christ. No longer a slave to the worldly expectations of others. Aren't you sick of the worldly expectations that other people put upon us? Makes me want to throw up. It's exhausting. But Jesus wants us living free. When Jesus is truly our Lord, we will be eager to serve him. No longer using our salvation through grace as an excuse to sin or to carry our load, but to genuinely live for Christ in a powerful and in a passionate way. Look at what, look at what Peter has to say in 1 Peter 2. 16, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. So this idea of, of living free and being a servant of God are tied together. Look, look at a baby. We got a sweet little baby in here, right? We got a couple babies. and See, a baby is so innocent, right? And your parents right now are going, mm, mm. <laughs> No, but truly a baby, a baby has not yet been, been loaded down by the cares of this world, which include bad decisions, let's be honest. That baby is free, but that baby is also dependent upon their parents. So please understand, this has nothing to do with works on our part. It has everything to do with surrendering to Christ. Every corner, every closet, every container in your life. You know, all those, all those little places that we, we stick the things we want to hold on to, those, those very things that actually hinder us and that hold us back. Have you ever said... God is just not working in my life. Well, are you submitting and accepting His life and His Lordship? Have you ever said, I'm not, I'm not hearing God's voice? Well, that's weird. Maybe He accidentally left His mute button on. Maybe He lost His ability to communicate. No, I'm just not hearing God's voice. Well, have you positioned yourself away from all those things that weigh you down so that you can actually listen? See, the cross is stout, and it can take the weight of your burdens and your mistakes and, and your sin. And resurrection life is it's amazing, and it's, it's 
It's powerful. It's what we all want. It's what we all want, not just for eternity, but it's what we all want every day. Am I right? It's what Jesus was talking about in John 10.10. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy and load stuff upon you. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That sounds pretty good to me. The abundant life He has for us can only come by way of the cross. And it is experienced every day as we align ourselves under His Lordship. Jesus said, I lay down my life. No one takes it from me. He said that in in John 10, 18. So from that we can understand His action was not an accident and His Lordship is not an option. And through this action of Him laying down His life, we are offered that very life. It's a free gift to us, but in order to accept it, in order to accept it, we have to receive it. And receiving it is not a one-time thing. I, I prayed the prayer. I prayed the prayer. I got baptized that one day. I went to church for two Sundays in a row. See, it's not a one-time thing. Accepting what He is offering us, it's not only life-altering, but it has to be an everyday thing. And we can, we can get real fancy with our words here, real Christian-y with our words here, and we can call that sanctification. That's a big word, right? It's a big word for me, sanctification. Sanctification is, is it's just that Christian-sounding word that means becoming more like Jesus every day. Or I guess we could say sanctification is taking on more of Jesus every day. I don't want to take anything else on right now. I'm not kidding. My back's getting a little sore. To take on more of Jesus, we have to take off more of ourselves. To do this, we need to be unburdened and freed up to receive. So we cast our cares and our, our burdens upon Him, right? We take all this and told you it's heavy. And then, oh, I got this one still here. No, Jesus wants it all. So we, we take it all off. And we leave it. And we leave it because He wants it. Did you know that? Jesus looks at your junk and doesn't say, ooh, I can't be in the presence of that. He looks at our junk and, and He doesn't say, ooh, hide that. Hide that. Put it away. Stick it in a far back place in your life and, and pretend like it doesn't exist. No, He doesn't do any of that. Jesus looks at our junk, our burdens, all the stuff that's weighing it down, and He says, Give it to me. I want that. And he takes it all. And by doing this, we are surrendering the control of all the territory in ourselves so that we become dependent upon Jesus. Now we receive 
we're open to receive what He has for us. See, we still have responsibilities, don't we, in this life? There's going to always be responsibilities. We still have choices because of free will. We have trials and tribulations. But the landowner, the one that is Lord, the one who has lordship, will always protect and provide. It will seldom look the way we expect. And there will most likely be a learning process that we won't always like or enjoy. But God is good. And therefore, when we surrender ourselves, when we, when we unburden ourselves, when we give Him all our shortcomings, when we give Him our selfish desires, because He is good, He imparts goodness into us. Now listen closely because this is vitally important. Don't go picking back up those things you have already given or surrendered to Him. I feel free right now. I'm feeling pretty good. Maybe I should put that back on. Should I put that back on? No, I shouldn't put that back on. That'd be dumb. What sense would that make? I just gave it to Jesus. He took it and He took it away. So why would I want to put that back on? But, but the reality is, is we do it all the time. We do it all the time because we haven't totally died to those things. We haven't completely offered those things to Jesus. So we have a tendency to pick them back up and put them back on and go around that same loop again. See, there can be a big, big difference between Sunday and Monday, can't there? Sheep, sheep are dumb animals. Sheep are possibly the dumbest of all the animals, and that's saying a lot. But sheep are smart enough to depend on the shepherd. Psalms 23 is not an instructional teaching about farming and ranching practices. It's about dependence and the surrendering of our burdens and living under the shepherding or the lordship of Jesus Christ. Let's read it. I mean, last time you read Psalms 23, you can read it with me. You guys want to read it with me? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. See, the Hebrew word here for shepherd is Raha. Isn't that awesome? Raha. And it means to feed, to pasture, to tend, to guard, to care for, and to rule. This is not about Jesus being a shepherd. It's about Him being the only shepherd of your life. See, Jesus isn't one more thing that we try to add on and that we try to carry around. He is not to be added to the pile. I think this is where 
people, and when I say people, I mean a lot of Christians, they make a mistake. To say my life is better with Jesus, that isn't very theologically sound. If this is the concept or view that you hold, it's probably holding you back. To say my life is better with Jesus is much different than saying I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's very different than saying my life is better with Jesus as if he's your add-on, if he's your little pal that comes to your rescue. He just hangs out with you. He rides in the car with you, but you're the one that's steering. It's not theologically correct. And even worse, it hangs us up. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. It's not me. I'm not making the decision. I'm not holding stuff back. I don't have jurisdictions and territories in my life that I'm saying, God, you can't have that. This is a hard message. Because reality is, is we probably all have some of that. Being crucified in Christ. No longer living, but, but allowing Christ to live in you. That's lordship right there at His fullest. Worship team, if you guys want to excuse my mess. Don't pick it up. I don't want any of you guys picking it up. Come on up. So where does this lead us today, this morning? This last Sunday as we begin to smell the wonderful crock pots cooking downstairs. It gets us back to our original question, doesn't it? Enough or too much? Enough or too much? Is Christ and the freedom He brings into our life enough? Even in your hard times and your suffering? Or are you under the burden of too much? So I'm going to ask you this. Bring them lights down. Why not? This morning, where, where are you at? Can you just... You don't have to be honest with me. You don't even have to be honest with the person sitting back next to you, in front of you, whatever. Ask yourself where you're at this morning. Are there burdens? Are you carrying around too much? Are there jurisdictions and territories that you've hidden? Compartments, containers, closets in your life that you haven't opened up to, to Christ? Are you willing to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to convict you, to lead you? Have you gotten to the point where you tell Jesus, just take my junk, take my junk, and then resolving that you won't pick it back up? When I put this message together, honestly, it seems like God keeps bringing us back to similar messages, doesn't he? about freedom. Our effectiveness depends upon our freedom and our freedom depends upon our making Jesus Lord of our life, giving him the lordship over all things. So when I when I do a message like this and it's like, wait, this is this is kind of the, the same thing again. I, I I simply ask you guys, I I wonder why. I wonder why God would keep giving us this same style of message because he wants us to be free. We don't want to be free for selfish reasons. 
We want to be free to glorify Him. And when we take that attitude, and our freedom comes so that we may offer it to Jesus, then our church becomes more effective. When our church becomes more effective and unburdened by all the junk, then our church becomes a beacon in this community, a light in this community that doesn't say, hey, come on in and dump your garbage on me. It says, hey, come on in and dump your garbage on our altar because Jesus will set you free just like he has set me free. It's hard to talk about freedom if I've never truly experienced freedom. So this morning, can we just get free? I know, I know there's Holy Spirit conviction going on this morning. I know it. I know there's people that have junk and there's stuff you want to get rid of, but maybe you're scared to get rid of it because you don't know what your life would be like. You, you, you love this accessory. I say get rid of it today. And I say when you get rid of it, you throw it on that pile, leave it on the pile. Don't pick it up. Don't take it to the potluck. Well, I didn't have anybody else to sit next to, so I brought all my burdens. We don't do that. We want to leave it here. And you know what? Jesus will sweep this altar clean better than any vacuum. And he'll take that, and he, he will take that out of your life if you will offer it to him. So this morning, everybody stand up. This morning, I am giving you the opportunity to offer your bondage to Him, to offer your burdens to Him. If you want to come to the altar, come to the altar. I'll pray with you. we got other people that will pray with you. If you need to do it in your seat, do it in your seat. If you need to do it in the bathroom, do it in the bathroom. I don't care where you do it. we got to get free. we got to get free. So I'm going to pray. We're going to worship. Meet me at the altar. I'll pray with you. Get, get down. Most importantly, meet Jesus wherever you are. And let's leave our junk here this morning. If you got something in your pocket, honestly, that is holding you back, quietly leave it at the altar. We'll take care of that. If there's some unforgiveness issues you need to speak to somebody today, call them up. Maybe they're here. Do it. It's a process, right? Jesus is saying, I want to be Lord of your life, but but because of free will, you have to grant me that. How many of you guys are ready to grant him that full access? Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, your your plan is mind-boggling to me. That you love us so much that you give us a choice, even though when we make that choice, it so often hurts us. But you're always there, and no matter how many times we make that bad choice, you're there waiting for us to come back and make that right choice. Well, this morning, Lord God, as there's burdens in here, I know there's burdens in here. I know there's baggage in here. I know far too many people are carrying stuff that they shouldn't. Maybe other people have put it on them. Lord God, we pray for an incredible release of your Holy Spirit upon the people here today so that they may be released from the stuff that they're carrying around so they may more passionately and fervently have a relationship with you. Jesus, we do this voluntarily 
no one is making us. Just as you said, no man makes me lay down my life. Lord God, no man makes us lay down our burdens, but we do it voluntarily so that you can sweep them away and grant us the freedom and the life and the life more abundant so that we can become your body, a viable body, a healthy body that can then testify and reach others in prayer with faith that you can grow a brand new heart, that you can fix seizures, that you can take cancers, that you can reach this community in a bold and amazing way. Lord God, help us to be free enough to have the faith to believe and participate in that. Jesus, touch lives, work today, and then keep us from picking our dumb burdens right back up. God, you are the good shepherd. You are our Lord. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. This concludes today's message. We hope you can join us next Sunday for services beginning at 10 o'clock a.m. at Bridge Assembly located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information about Bridge Assembly, go to bridgehelena.com. And we hope you can join us next Sunday with Pastor Jason Metz.